thank you for tuning in to Bianca Talks Policy, Politics, and Hip Hop. I am here tonight with Miss Gigi. We just had a whole 20-minute conversation. I don't think it made it to you all, so we apologize. We were having a good time. Hope you were, too, waiting for us. Um, But anyhow, um, I'm here tonight with Miss Gigi. She is the owner of Privilege Company, which sells... um, Hair products. And we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I wanted to pick it off again because I think that um, what you said earlier was so important about what you've learned in the pandemic. So please, what ha- please share again um, what you've learned uh, so far in the pandemic. Um, I would say the most important thing, like I said earlier, would definitely be to just be prepared. Like know that anything could happen, anything could take place. And, you know, we need to make sure we prepare and we have our savings together. Um, just having our houses stocked with things that are important because literally, I don't know, everybody was running around trying to get toilet paper and paper towel and water and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, people were <laughs> off work and stuff. So definitely just being prepared and planning for tomorrow. Yes, I, I definitely agree. And what I would say to that is that if you stay prepared, you never have to get ready. And on the tissue piece, I definitely ordered like stock, right? <laughs> um, and I'm like for three months, like I ordered the, I use Scott, uh, mm-hmm. it's my business. Uh, but uh, I ordered from Amazon and they sent it like the individually wrapped and I mm-hmm. still have it from like three months ago. It's only me and my daughter, so that makes sense. But I'm saying that to say I do I'm a, I identify as a Baptist Christian and I read scripture and one scripture I, I got one day was just basically saying that God doesn't want us to store up things. We should only um, take and purchase what we need. And then my spirit, well, it took my spirit. I was like, what about it in the pandemic, God? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. Like, can we make some little exceptions? <laughs> Are there any exceptions? I know, right? So um, that's just that's just super funny. So I appreciate that. And for me, I've learned patience in this pandemic. I have learned um, through uh, having to homeschool my daughter, I learned patience. I, I did not think that I had the patience to do that. But the first three months of, you know, kids being home from school, I definitely learned how to just, you know, take a back seat, learn from her, um, listen to her and um, learn what her learning style is so that I can, I am able to teach her. Um, And also through work, patience, what I learned through those first three months of the pandemic, patience has allowed me um, to be able to set boundaries and to be able to hold back my high expectations of people. Because sometimes I think that we all can want folks to be on our same playing field, our same playing level. And they, not. everybody's not, everybody's, you know, and I'm just going for, I'm conscious. A lot of people today are just waking up and they're woke. Um, but I'm super conscious. And I look at life literally through my third eye, try my best to live my life through the spirit as much as I can. And so, yeah, um, thank you for sharing that with me. And so I do want to jump right into it um, and talk about your uh, your business. I, I definitely had to um, support you. I love supporting black business. But when I hear about young people, especially from the city of Milwaukee, that's doing their thing like you, it's like, oh, my God, it's, it's just um, it's just phenomenal. And so I went out and I purchased um, this. It's a, called a headband. Headband, I'm sorry. Headband wig. <laughs> Headband wig. Um, this is the Deep Wave 22 inch. Mm-hmm. So you have a sale going on right now with these, right? Yes, the 2022 24 inches are $150 inside of the vending machine until they, you know, sell out. I've been mm-hmm. hearing that it's a couple left, so. Right, right, right. So how did you get into this business? Tell us about that. Um, I just started selling hair out of my car. So okay. I selling hair out of my car. Um, but initially I just wanted to have access to my own stock of just great quality hair extensions. And the next thing you know, I was supplying it to my friends and then my friends' friends, and I was just selling hair. And next thing you know, I had a website and I was shipping worldwide and it just kind of started it taking over. <laughs> Wow. Wow. And so the vending machine, how is that new? How how long have you had your vending machine in Mayfair Mall? 
Um, it's actually just been there for almost a month now, and wow. it's the works for a little over a year. But you have to go through the whole process. It's a process. We're getting the design done, photo shoots, and clearances through customs, and just all of that stuff. So that took a little bit over a year, and then it's been there for about a month, and it's doing really good. Yeah, I can tell because I did visit, and it was definitely, you know, people been there for the sales. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, I was like, okay, I just restocked it this morning and it was empty, almost empty when I went. Well, actually, when my assistant went, I was like, okay, good. Thank you. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, I have um, on the post, I'm super into um, just the facts and African Americans being able to own their data. That's something that I'm going to be talking about with my good friend, Adia Johnson, on a couple of episodes um, sometime in March. Mm-hmm. But African-Americans, we spend $1.2 trillion in this country per year. Um, the industry that you're in rakes in about, I think it was, did it say 42 or $52 billion? No, yes, $52 billion um, out of that $1.2 trillion. And so it is definitely, um, like you're saying, your machine like runs out continuously. This is an area where African-American women, we have owned this area um, you know, since before Madam C.J. Walker, because we've been doing our hair in our, you know, for ourselves in our kitchens forever. Mm-hmm. But being able for me to see it turn around where Black women are now regaining that power, because for a long time, we were definitely going, you know, to shops, whether they were Asian, whether, you know, whatever they were, we were going out, um, spending our money and not necessarily doing the cooperative economics, which means that, you know, I I need a product. So I'm going to search out someone in community to buy that product from so that we can keep that um, that wealth, that commonwealth. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. And I, and I, you know, I just want to commend you for taking that. You said you've been in business business for six years now. Mm-hmm. What, what have been some of the, because I do have a few, we have a lot of, uh, women, men in the city that do hair, um, women that are, you know, doing the same thing you're doing, really selling either out of their cars, delivering to people at their homes. Mm-hmm. And I know a few uh, women that have actually gone into the brick and mortar, whether they're selling, you know, in their boutiques, they're selling clothes and hair or mm-hmm. just hair. Um, what are some of the challenges, you know, whether they're recent, early on, what are some of the challenges you've had as a businesswoman and how did you overcome, how did you overcome that? Um, I would say the most, the biggest challenge that I face would be um, online. So I guess you have the pros and the cons and weigh them out. So when I had my brick and mortar, um, of course, it's hair extensions and I live in Milwaukee, it's a little crazy here. I love my city, though. But, you know, um, so I had some thefts and stuff like that, break-ins and things like that. So that was um, my biggest thing with okay. just, you know, theft. Um, and then my online sales, the biggest, you know, factor, I would say, would be fraud. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so a lot of people use, you know, fraudulent credit cards, and then also chargebacks. So someone might use their own credit card information to purchase the hair, purchase the wig, and then they decide for whatever reason that they just want to dispute it as a you know fraudulent transaction or lie and say that they didn't get it, that they didn't make the transaction. So um, that's one of the most biggest, you know, I guess, cons uh, when it comes to online sales. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like you got to weigh out which one you'd rather deal with. Yeah, and I know, I saw um, when I when I did go to make the purchase, it's only cash only, so that's how you put down. Is that how you took care of that barrier with the fraudulent activity with the credit cards? Well, so I have my online store. So my online site, oh, yeah. still ship to Milwaukee, which is crazy. I live here. Um, but a lot of people just want to catch a sale when I post it, or they just want to shop from the comfort of their own home. They're not in a rush. So I wanted to have the vending machine available for people who are in a rush because I know how it is. I'm a woman. I want to be able to get my hair done. I might have a emergency, you know, date or something I need to make for whatever, you know, a trip or whatever. So I get somebody wanting to support me, my brand, um, and shop and not wanting to wait for the processing online. So that's the reason why I have the vending machine. Hmm. Um, But 
I didn't want to have two separate situations where I have my online store and then I have my vending machine and we both take in credit cards and then I have two issues at hand. So with right. the vending machine, um, they're not, they don't have any uh, fraud detectors available for the vending right. machine. So when you just go, you swap your credit card, you get the product and then you can turn around and say, hey, this wasn't me. But for my online store, I have a company that I actually employ and what they do is they risk, they do a risk factor. So every time I get a purchase online, it'll let me know the risk level. So it's, you know, if it's a green, it's a go. If it's a yellow, it's, it means that something wasn't done properly. And then I could look at the factors, um, the mm -hmm. indicators, and it'll let me know. And then I can choose whether or not I want to go ahead and cancel the order or if I want to go ahead and, um, you know, process the order. So that's something that helped me, you know, it's you pay a little bit of extra money for it, but it's worth it because it saves you so much money. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, the you, you didn't say it specifically, but the part about investing in yourself, which means mm -hmm. investing in your business. I think mm -hmm. that um, even when we talk about, you know, support black business. Right. Um, we have to say that because our businesses are not supported at the level all other businesses are supported. You know, some people will go out of their way you know, to shop outside of the community because like, you know, whether they saying like black business don't, you know, respect or whatever the um, the reasons may be. I think that a lot of people um, may not know the seriousness or the level, the critical um, piece of us investing in our community. And so I African-Americans spend $1.2 trillion per year in this country. Um, and that's a lot of money. That's a lot of buying power. And on this show, I talk about the fact that our votes count, your voices count, but your dollars count. And that is a lot about the undertone of what this show is tonight. The fact that you can take your money and spend it with someone in your community and that creates common wealth for us. That $1.2 trillion, that data, what are we going to do with that? That's a lot of money that we can track. And you and your family and your household, your, you, if you're African-American family specifically, you have the ability to be conscious with how and who you spend your money with. And so definitely when I, you know, found out that there was a person in the city that was selling um, hair products um, that are quality products. And what I, I want to talk about this wig now, because I really do like it. I, I was saying it uh, before when we were online, but the fact that I like um, this wig. I've worn wigs before. I have it in a while. And so the fact that there are four clips, there's one here, two on the side, and then one in the back to where it really, you know, it doesn't move a lot. And so the fact that it stays in place. And then aside from that, the headband here, it wraps all the way around. And so a person like me who has natural hair and I don't have, you know, a perm to slick up the back or, you know, right. even when I put gel sometime after, you know, a couple of hours, my hair started out. <laughs> yes, it's starting to unravel. And so having that little piece back there really helps, you know, with the ease of not having to worry about if I'm running, if the wind blowing and things like that. So I really do, as you said, as a working woman, having the ability um, to run in a mall. Um, and I actually went when it was closed. I didn't know the mall closes so early now because I haven't been to the mall in like forever. Mm -hmm. and so the fact that the mall was closed, but I still can go in and shop at your vending machine. Right. That's big. Mm -hmm. And I like that too, because I know a lot of places that were closed early five, six o'clock and a lot of people don't get off work until five or six o'clock. So the mall, it stays open before COVID, they closed at nine, but now it's closing at eight o'clock. So um, it stays open a little bit later and you're able to come in. You don't have to go through too much technicalities. You just know what you want, throw your cash in and get your product. So, mm -hmm. And so you you sell um, the headband wig, mm -hmm. um, frontals you sell, and what are bundles as well? Mm -hmm. Are You're wearing your... your um, are you wearing your own hair now or is that your hair? No, this is a lace closure unit, the HD lace closure unit. So these are not in the vending machine, but they are located on the site. Okay. Um, this is very convenient. No glue. It's glueless. You can just pop it on and 
Mm. Straighten it or curl it or whatever you want to do. And you can be natural, get your hair braided to the back, and it's just quick and easy. Literally take five minutes to put it on. So you said you can braid that hair that you have on your head to the no, back. Oh, no, hair. Okay, I'm like, I get it braided right to the back and then Got I just pop my wig on. And if you want to, you can sew it down, glue it down. But me, I just put it on. Right, right. And so definitely, and tonight is um is for me a fun night because I'm, I'm definitely always talking about policy, politics. I talk about a little bit of hip hop. And so tonight is really not just about um, the hip hop aspect of it, which definitely hair for women in the rap industry and in the hip hop industry. This is a really important part of it. And even in the entertainment industry, because I've been seeing this post go around about a few black women in the entertainment industry that after, um, you know, the Caucasian individuals that were doing their hair on set, you know, Queen Latifah said like her edges were starting to break. So she was like, nope. And she started doing her own hair on Living Single. But the fact that we're able again to take our power back, to take our buying power back, to take a culture, um, take control of a culture that we created. And I'll, I'll be honest, not saying that we created, we not saying actually, as I've been, I've been doing a little bit of research since I was going to have you on. And I didn't look up who invented weave necessarily, but I know that the sew-in has been patented, was patented by um, an African-American woman as well. So from um, Madam C.J. Walker and before, up until now, Black women really have been a pivotal part of the health and beauty aspect in regards to consumer revenue in this country. And so being able to realize, even in this one instance where... Um, we have a lot of buying power, but I'm going to tie that also into our voting power because in this country, African-American women really are the, and I, I am going out on a limb. I know that I'm not going out on a limb. It is statistically proven that African-American women brings home elections for individuals. Stacey Abrams, I'm just going to leave it there. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I definitely feel like we have to begin to marry all of the all of the ways that we are able to take back our power in this country. Mm -hmm. And again, I, you know, want to keep this a little bit light and fun, but we do have an election coming up February 16th. And so on my show, I definitely always tell audience members that your voices count, your votes count. So on February 16th, make sure you get out and vote and your dollars count. So make sure that if you are a person that likes to wear wigs and I'm, I know, I think I've seen that you have, you know, blonde hair, blue hair, you have, all different, you know, all different kinds. So it doesn't just have, doesn't have to just be African-American women. Mm -hmm. Anyone can support a black business because our black businesses are not supported at the level that they need to be. And so um, we talked a little bit about what some of your challenges have been. What have been some of the highlights in your six years of business? If you want to share some of that with us. Um, just the support. Like I can, you know, truly, honestly say that I appreciate the support and, I, and it's overwhelming. Like literally, um, I was just so nervous, especially when I came out with online sales. I was like, you know, Nobody's going to want to do that. They're going to want me to pull up. They're going to want me to come bring them here. And so I had my first sale and I I made $13,000 in one day. And it was literally all over the world, but it was mainly from my city. And so, um, mm -hmm. and it was within two days, I made $20,000 within two days from my city, like from, you know, people amongst my city and I was just so I was just so happy and I couldn't believe it because I'm like you know I have to be this big brand I have to be you know fashion over or something or you know a big brand and it wasn't that and so I definitely I posted a picture um, of myself like sitting out with all of my orders around um that was just a really you know that was a big highlight for me because I was so nervous having my the biggest sale I ever had I'm like they're not gonna support it. It's not gonna do good, and it was just doing so good. And I was just reaching out to my team, and I'm that just keeping them updated with the numbers. And it just mm -hmm. it was just an amazing feeling because definitely, you know, I was nervous, but that's the reason why I always say sometimes we are our own biggest critics and yep. really stop ourselves from our reaching our biggest potentials because um, I don't know. It's just like this little 
person talking like, nope, don't do it. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And the whole time, like everybody's rooting for you. It's going to work mm-hmm. as long as you believe it's going to work. And as long as you prepare yourself, because it's, they, they got you. Like, yeah. God doesn't bring you. God does not give you a vision that she cannot provide for. Mm-hmm. You know the visions that we have. I think sometimes, even within myself, I, you know, I'm a, I am a confident, very positive person. But we all have those moments where it's like, I want to do this, or I have this idea, but then that next, you know, thought is like. Like you said, nobody gonna buy from me. Nobody gonna listen to me. Nobody gonna like my, you know, my post. And to that fact, I have been sitting on the idea of doing this podcast for at least three years. Like I literally can go back to my Google Calendar, and I used to have. I used to just want to do policy versus politics. That was my first idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally, I had it on my calendar for every Wednesday to go live on Facebook. And never did it until the pandemic, and I was like. I don't have anything to lose. You know, I think the pandemic showed a lot of us that like, you know, what do you have to lose? Well, I want to ask you about how do you push through that negative self-talk that we all have, right? Because you said that you had, you know, well, mentioned that you had this idea, mm-hmm. you know, executed on it, but then you thought like, what am I doing? Nobody's going to, you know, purchase from me. What helps you to push through when you're having those second thoughts, those second, those doubtful moments? Well, I personally do. Um, I'm big on positive affirmation. So I actually, I talk to myself. So I talk to myself and um, whatever it is that I'm thinking about or that I'm struggling, struggling with, I kind of literally just sit back and I say, okay, well, how would you feel if this did work out? Mm-hmm. Like, so that's really how I see my goal. So say I wanted to, it doesn't necessarily have to be something materialistic, but say I wanted a new car. Mm-hmm. I would write out the steps that I need to take in order to get that new car. So whether it's, you know, saving money, get my credit in order, a down payment insurance, whatever it is that I have to, you know, get done in order to get that new car. And then I would, in my mind, envision myself in that new car and just try to soak in the feeling of myself behind the steering wheel. So whatever it is, whatever the goal is, and then it'll just kind of let, let me know, like it's, it's possible. So I would literally envision myself behind the wheel of this new car. And I would start to break down the list. A lot of people kind of, they try to approach the whole thing at one time, like, you don't have to do that. You can take it step by step. So a lot of people are like, well, I don't have my license. Okay, so that's the first step. We got to get our license. The next step, we need is because you need that to get insurance. Like, just break it down like that and just actually envisioning myself accomplishing a goal, like sitting in the moment before I even accomplish it or before I even get it done. It just makes me feel like I'm a little bit closer to getting something done and I haven't even started it. And, you know, when I do it, I just feel better. That's real. So I'm going to ask, do you study the law of attraction by chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 he's a millionaire. Well, he probably is a multimillionaire by now, but he was a millionaire a couple years ago. And he told me, um, he was like, watch the movie, The, the Secret. Secret. And so I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like, so I didn't watch it. I watched it for like a few minutes and I'm like, yeah, uh-uh. So then... <laughs> He was like, no, watch it. Go back and watch it. So I, I went back and I watched it with a better, you know, mindset. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's so true. And it can be for positive stuff and negative stuff. If you Like, it was um, a part on there where this guy, he kept thinking that somebody was going to steal his bike. He's like, you know, his mind's like, somebody going to steal my bike. Somebody going to steal my bike. And somebody stole his bike. And it was just something like that. Like, literally, you putting this this negativity out into the atmosphere, of course, you know, something's going to catch it. And so that's the same thing when it comes to positivity. If you put positivity into the, the universe, then it's going to come back positive. I mean, it's not always going to be perfect, but I'm just saying, you know, if you yeah. wake up, I'm going to do great today. Today's going to be a good day. If you wake up saying, oh, it's going to be a bad day today. It's raining out. I'm not going to make no money. I'm not going to do this. Then, I mean, yeah. you're already putting the eyes against yourself. Yep. And because, oh, so I do not have this on the, the subject to talk about, but we got to stay here for a minute. Um, Whatever you put out into the universe, it has to come back to you. Mm-hmm. But let me say this, whatever, just like you were saying, those feelings that you felt, and because I've, 
I've been studying it for a while. The studying it and practicing it is two different things, though, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that what I where I struggle sometimes with is that feeling part and that visualization piece, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you if you are actually able to feel yourself in that position, not see yourself, mm-hmm. because sometimes you know I people can daydream. You can daydream yourself in that car, like. I see me driving that car down the street. No, do you feel yourself driving the car down the street? What does the new car scent smell like? If you're going yeah. to put gas, what does the gas smell like? What color is the interior? And so for me, I've been successful in manifesting and visualizing like my career path. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have 21 college credit. Um, I don't have a degree. That has been something because I was raised, I, I was uh, re- born in the 80s. And when, you know, I graduated like in 90, when I graduated 98, they really pressed upon us, like either go to a four-year college, two-year college was not acceptable when I graduated, or you go to the military. Well, I didn't, I was tired of school. I didn't want to like, <laughs> like keep going right. to school. So like I tried to go to the military. They was like, you got to lose like 40 pounds to join the military. So I was like, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? So I just really didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I did end up going to college a little bit, did not finish because I did not have the supports that I needed as, as a young person to, to complete my studies. I'm saying all of that to say that what where you're destined to be, it just depends on you how long you're going to take getting there based on the thoughts that you have every day. Because mm-hmm. what a man thinks about all day long, he will be. And for so long, I thought because I didn't have a degree, that was why I wasn't getting ahead, but that was not the case. Right. It was because I was just not visualizing myself. I didn't know where I wanted to be. So I was putting all of these signals out into the universe. It wasn't until I focused my time and attention on like, you know, I found my voice in the political and the policy area. And I started to just manifest these things. And I started to, um, get into places, be around people that were able to help me to move myself along, to move my dream along. Mm -hmm. Like you said before, you don't have to figure out how you're going to do it. All I know is that I want to be a Supreme Court justice one day. That's the only thing. Mm -hmm. And I went to, um, I went to DC to, to protest the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. And I was sitting there in that courtroom about the size of a, of a basketball uh, arena. And I'm sitting there like, I'm going to be in his chair one day. And that's, you know, just that one feeling and I let it go. I haven't attached myself to that feeling because if it happens, it will. I know that it is. Um, But if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with that too. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of things about that. And I I was, you know, I wasn't prepared. I'm just all over the place and excited to hear somebody else actually um, practicing it and seeing the results of it. But the fact that when you do um, visualize yourself in a place and you're able to feel those feelings, you also have to be able to um, unattach yourself to that feeling. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes if you hold on to it too much and you harbor on to it and you're like, I have to have this, it may not come in the way that you want it. Mm -hmm. It may come grander. It may come smaller. But it's going to come to you if you just have that vision and you're able to visualize that along with those feelings. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And I just um, I appreciate that, though, because I think that I'm starting to to run into more people that do practice um, just visualization and manifestation. And I think that even again, I do identify as a Baptist Christian, but even in the Bible, um, it talks about it doesn't say law of attraction, but it talks about some of the same principles and skills about X and you shall receive, you know, mm-hmm. not and the door will be open. It's, it's the same concept. Right, so. right, right. Definitely. And so I do want to talk about um, because you you mentioned something earlier and I can't exactly quote what you said, but it made me think about like competition versus collaboration where um, there is a difference. And I, I think that, again, I'm just kind of like meeting you from following you on social media, reaching out and just your level of authenticity to be at the successful place that you are. And to not, I, and I, I'm be honest, like, I, I was not expecting you to respond, first of all. Like, and, and it was that thing, right? I was in my head, like, I should hit her up and see if, like, she'll be on my show. The first thing was, like, she's not going to respond. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, when you responded, it was like, you know, like, 
that was super cool. And it helped me also to, to learn how to push through those doubtful, um, those doubtful moments, because mm-hmm. even if you would have said, no, I tried, right? Right, right, so, right. The thing is, is when you're having those doubtful moments, one trick that you can try is anytime you have something that, um, and I'm speaking to everyone that's listening tonight, when you have an idea, um, the universe, the 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 God in you gave you that idea. And so that is something for you to act on. But when you have that, that second doubt that says, I can't do this, I'm not worthy, you know, I, you know this is not for me. Think a positive thought and hold it for 17 seconds, no matter what the positive thought is, because the energy that you're emitting and putting out into the universe, that has to come back to you. And so another thing that I do, I don't allow energy, um, negative energy in my space. Mm -hmm. If I pick up on somebody that's negative and they got that, you know, can't do attitude and always complaining, I can't hang around people like that because that takes too much energy for me to try to keep you positive and try to maintain my own level of positivity. So it's draining. It's very draining. I don't have a problem with, you know, a person having something going on in their life and and they're having a negative outlook on the situation, but we just not going to sit and dwell on it. Like, what's the plan? What can we do to move forward? How can we make our situation better? That's the big thing. Like, okay, what's the plan? Like, what can we do? Right, right. And so I do be all over the board when I be talking um, because I, I had started talking about the competition versus collaboration. I wanted to talk about that specifically in our city um, in Milwaukee, I think, because um, you have you have managed, I feel like, to um, in, in an area that it's only collaboration that there's no competition. I think when we were having a conversation, you're like, there is no competition. Like you will put somebody else on without an issue because it's enough to go around. Mm -hmm. And so wanting to talk about the competition mindset versus the collaboration mindset and how sometimes in, in your city, in the city where I come from, Milwaukee, I think that sometimes we can look at each other as competition versus looking at each other as an asset. Mm -hmm. I think that it's so important for us to, to begin to realize that we are all assets to one another because Gigi, when you win, I win. You know, if I, if you lose and I'm losing and vice versa. And as long as we all, can, again, back to that commonwealth and cooperative economics, as long as we can all make sure that we're all doing good, I think that we're in a better off place. But in our in our city, and I can only talk about where I'm from, and I, I'm not meaning this in a negative light at all. It's just something that I feel like we need to work on, that when we see young people, that we lift them up, that's trying, whether they're, whatever they're doing, that we lift them up. We learn how to mentor them and that we uh, pour into them those words of affirmation that they can do it. And I'm so happy to hear that you had support along the way. What has your experience been in that field? Have you found that more people have wanted to collaborate with you or it's more more like people see you and it's like, oh, I got to do better than her or I got to try to outsmart her? What has been your experience in the hair industry um, with that competition or collaboration versus collaboration? Um, I would say that it's a 50-50 kind of thing. So um, like I said earlier, you're going to have pros, you're going to have cons. So it's negative people, period, that it's really a them thing. So it's a them thing. Like it have nothing to do with you, have nothing to do with your path and things like that. So a lot of people will look at you as competition because you might be in the same field as them and you might not. They just might not support you just because they don't want to see you win. And that's just what it is. And that's a them thing. And then you will see someone who wants to support you because they're they root for you. And the thing is, you don't have to support somebody by a dollar all the time. Sometimes you can refer people, you can share my posts on social media, stuff like that. These are free things. But a person might not necessarily want to do that because they're like, uh-uh, I'm not going to do it. So um, for me, I guess it's I, it goes hand in hand, like, you know, jealousy and envy and things like that. You, you're going to have to come into, you know, a situation where is out there you know that's just how it is but um for me i would say that 
I have faced, you know, people that felt like we were in competition, even people that I've actually, you know, helped open the same businesses that I'm in the field of. Um, but I always just try to stay positive and I always just like, so I really just focus on myself and my, my business and my brand and advancing um, in my own lane. So I don't necessarily worry about somebody else that's in my field or what they have going on and how I can, you know, be better than them. Of course, I would want to find out the price points. Right. People, you know, that's just the industry. That's business, right. But as far as like a particular person, a particular business, I don't really concern myself with it because I don't, even if people come to me like a customer to come tell me some personal stuff about a business experience, especially when it comes to black businesses, I try to, I just shut it down because I don't ever want to even entertain nothing like that. If it's an issue with a product or a service, you know, let's just all try to do better. And that's with myself too and my brand. So I appreciate that. And it's super important too, I think, to understand from a business level that definitely there are some things that you have to look at. That's a part of like writing your business plan. You have to know, you know, what's out there. They do call it the competition because definitely, but on the other end of that, there is enough money to go around. There is enough people to go around. There is enough folks that need help, regardless of what whether you're in the retail, uh, medical, um, whatever industry you're in, there are there is enough to go around. So you never have to feel like you have to take something from somebody to feed your family. Mm-hmm. You have to put somebody down to make yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. Or you have to, you know, um, make somebody uh, talk bad about somebody so that they may miss out on the opportunity. You find your blessings, you find your rewards when you're uplifting folks and doing it from the kindness of your heart. And so I think it's so important in our city specifically and back, you know, to the policy and political um, area, we have to begin creating succession plans. Not, I'm not even going to say just in the policy and political area, but even like in your businesses, especially when they're, when they're thriving businesses that mean a lot to the community, we have to create succession plans to make sure that when we're not here, we are mentoring the next person that could possibly step into our space so that it can be, continue being a resource for the community. Mm-hmm. In regards to policy and politics, we definitely need to have succession plans. With redlining the way it is within our districts, we have to be able to make sure that our seats, the ones that we do have, are secured so that we can begin going out into other areas and making sure that we um, monopolize in those areas too. Mm-hmm. What um I do because I, I don't I know we started a little bit late and I you know we both have families to get to. Um I do want to ask you about like work work life balance. You you've okay. been um at this for a while, um expanding, you know, at a at an amazing rate. How do you balance your work life? You know, is, is that is that an issue for you? Maybe, you, you know, you got to figure it out. Maybe you don't. And then um, behind that, like, what do you do for self-care then? Um, I'm not the best with balancing my work life because um, some nine to five jobs, they end, you know, when you, when you leave work, work is there. Um, because I'm self-employed, it's the consistent, you know, journey like I'm I'm working all the time I'm in my bed working I'm like watching tv but I'm working <laughs> I wake up taking emails I'm working and then I'm actually packing orders and I'm working so I'm working all the time so I'm not really really great with balancing our work I do know that I I need to get better with just having some time set aside for myself and my family and stuff like that so that's definitely one of my biggest goals um but what I do for self-care I I love to pamper myself like I love to go get massages and um I love to meditate um I love to pray and write out in my journal um I love to read and cook I'm a cooker <laughs> I love cooking. it's just like it makes me feel good to cook and then to cook for somebody and they just love the food so that's something that that is actually for self-care for me um, and I love to travel, so I'm big on traveling and just getting outside and just enjoying the scenery. So that's what I do for self care and um, just pampering myself, even if I'm getting my 
feet done or my nails done or a massage or anything just quick and even if it's a little $20 massage at the mall real quick just to relax and unwind turn your phone off um or turn the you know the ringer down for right. a second to just kind of give like not turn the phone off that's much right not the phone <laughs> off but like I, I turn the ringer off and then just for like 20 minutes but because mm -hmm. I know life happens and we got to be able to be reached but yeah Awesome. Thank you for that. And I that's something that um is on my radar. I I've I've never gone to like an actual spa. So mm -hmm. like this year I want to go like to a spa and like get the whole, you know, I I have actually I have been one time, but it's been so it's been over 10 years ago. And so okay. I like, Yes, I know and I found one in Wisconsin and it's super, it's super nice. I can I couldn't even tell you the name of it right now, but it's of course in northern Wisconsin, and the rooms are just really nice. Like they have like jacuzzis in the room that's outside almost, and they're just super nice. So I was like, for my 40, 41st birthday, I'm going to do that because I would imagine we're still going to be in the pandemic, right? And be able to have my roller skating party like I wanted to for my 40th. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but before we go, I would love for you to because I do have. I know a few folks that are in the industry are are watching tonight um, for folks that may want to get into, you know, I'm even like I'm in the wrong profession, 13,000 in a day. Like, how I, I, I'm just I'm being honest, like, I think people don't understand how important it is to just share something like you could just share a post like um, I met somebody at I was at the furniture store and she was just telling me about how she couldn't, you know, afford to shop with me but she sent so many people to me she was like I can't afford to support you like how are you saying that you supported me like it doesn't matter that you can't purchase the hair or purchase the you know wig or whatever you just refer people to me and you supported me even positive words you know mm -hmm. encouraging me that's still support you don't have to it, it's not a purchasing thing it's not a you know necessarily even you sharing a post but definitely by people sharing my post um that was def that was enough just right there and so by having so many shares I had so much support and that's why I always tell people I will never sit here and say um oh my city you know they don't support me or you know if I'm when I do choose to relocate if God's will I would never try to <laughs> go to a bigger place like oh my city like no I could never say that right. really support me and um and all of the different businesses that I, I have like they they come so and that so that's another question though, like Milwaukee being able to retain its talent. What keeps you in Milwaukee? My family, my family, my really? friends. That's really why I'm here. I um, it's not even a big thing, but the worst part about Milwaukee is the cold. I've been cold. Like today, I was outside. I was like, I cannot hang. I can't hang. And I've been here my whole life. Um, he's from Jamaica, so they came here well they came to New York first and then they came to Wisconsin. Um I, I still haven't got to ask my granddad what was his like what, what brought him here. Yeah what, what brought I know something when you look at it um because my my folks was raised in Mississippi well our family originated in Mississippi as far as you know um my my history goes and then my grandmother moved to Memphis and then her husband moved here. But when you look at the Great Migration, I'm talking, and I know that your family came, you said from Jamaica, right? Mm -hmm. But even when you look, um, when I look at the Great Migration after um, slavery, um, a lot of us came up, like stopped in Chicago. And I guess maybe because Chicago, believe it or not, back in the 20s and 30s, there were like 350,000 African-Americans in Cook County then. We only that's that's the that's the same amount that we have in Milwaukee right now. Mm. Like you know what I'm saying? So I be I study like I do study the migration of black people in this country. And there is something about like certain cities when they move this way, not sure if they like have family here or and it could have been a job too though, because mm -hmm. you know, farms and stuff, there's a lot of farmland up here too. So I think that that had a lot to do with it too, that they, this is a place where they can come to get jobs. So right, right. It could be. Yeah, that makes sense. And so um, the other thing that I wanted to ask you before we go was any other like gems you can drop for folks. So 
I mentioned, I heard you mention you have a team and that's one thing that I've learned from my friend Nadia too, that like sometimes even when you think you can't afford it, you have to hire help. And so can you talk a little bit about what, how you choose to invest in your business? Not necessarily right now in this position that you are, but you started out in your car Mm -hmm. and then you, you know, started to expand and to graduate. When did you start investing in your business and what was that like? You know what I mean? And what I mean is like, you know, did did you just take like a lump sum of money and invest in it? Was it like a hundred dollars here? Was it other people supporting you? Because, and I'm asking this question because I think sometimes, and this is me as a business owner too, sometimes we have a hard time branching out to that more professional level mm-hmm. to where like, it's just me doing everything and I got a full-time job and right. I have a daughter. And so what is that like? Um, so what, me and um, my business and branching out and stuff like that. I look at my business like my baby. So I'm sure that, you know, any loving parent will not just let anybody watch their baby, anybody care for their baby, anybody do anything for their child. You know, they want to do everything for their best interest. And that's how I am with my business. So um, expanding and hiring people and things like that. It's not necessarily just about the money, about paying them. It's because this is my brand. This is me. And because I am a small business and because I am, you know, a black owned business, we do get held to a higher standard and we are criticized a lot more than bigger brands. So I try to make sure that everything that's going on I have it under wraps. And so I like to keep a close eye on my baby, my business. Mm -hmm. Um, But you do need help. You do have to reach out and get some type of help, even if it's just part time, because you will not be able to, you know, you're going to burn yourself out. Right. Um, When it comes to investing in my business, um, for me, because it was so long ago, mm-hmm. it was just a smaller buy-in. Like mm-hmm. I spent about five hundred or a thousand dollars when I was in I was in school, and we had these things called a stipend. And um, you you know you get the leftover money from your financial aid. So I ended up getting it. It was a couple thousand dollars, and I used like a portion of it to get the the hair. But this was before wigs was being worn, so this was just. Okay. Back- it was just wearing our leave out. So I used a little bit of that money and I just got some hair. And the thing about um, businesses, you have to stay down for the come up. So you might make, you know, $500 in a day or a thousand or whatever it is that you make in a day. You're not going to take that thousand dollar profit and go to the store, to the mall. Like you have to take that thousand dollars that you just made and put it back into your business and take that money that you made and put it back into the business and invest, you know, more and more, buy more product, make more profit. So it's not a situation where you just even if you do have a great sale and you make ten thousand dollars in a day, all that money needs to go back into your business. Like you're not running to know to no mall, to no store. So definitely you'll be investing in your business and just making sure that you are focused on the long, you know, time, not the profit. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, because I would imagine that you are able to pay yourself at this point. What Was there a time, as I'm hearing you speak, there was a time when you weren't able to pay yourself. You were just constantly flipping your money back into your business. Well, being honest with, with me, um, I had to take some classes and to get some, you know, assistance because I wasn't separating my business from my personal. So if I made money, when I made money from my business, I would just take out of the business for the personal. So now the way that I have it set up, I pay myself a monthly um, payroll. I'm, I'm paid on payroll. So I pay myself a particular amount every month. And that actually comes from my business and it goes to my personal and everything that I purchase on my personal is from my personal account. And then everything from my business is from my business account. So that's how I have that set up. Um, but it was a time where I was just, I would take out of my profit. Um, but that's when you would end up, well, I know for me personally, um, I would end up calling it I call it re-up. So when you re-up, you spend your re-up money because you done made it that and you got a thousand dollars, your profit is all wrapped up into that, but then you right. get paid your rent. And now you don't have no, you know, you only got two hundred dollars left from your profit. So that's the reason why if you pay yourself, you know, this little bit of money right here, 
and then this money goes back into the business, and then it'll all make sense. But you're just trying to pinch out, and it no. Mm-mm. I, I definitely feel that because, because I love what you say. You got to stay down to come up. Is that what you said? Yeah. That's, that's so real because I think that I, I um, that's a special note that I have to take because I do think that when when you're in business and you're the only person working that business, mm-hmm. whatever money coming in, you tend to feel like it's your money. But right. it, it belongs no. to business, right? But I actually write out um, all of my, my stuff. I'm big on like handwriting my things out. So I write out um, how much I would make from something that I'm investing in. And I would write out how much it costs. And, and then also, um, I have a lot of overhead. So even though it's just myself and my, my I have a small team. So just because it's just us, um, it's still... Every, it costs everything from my website subscriptions to, you know, shipping orders to packaging to mailers. I mean, Internet, I can go on and on, even promo sales. So um, all of that stuff takes, you know, it takes out of the income. So um, with that, I just make sure that I'm I'm keeping track because that's how you will lose your focus on the money. Like, OK, well, I'm about to take this. I'm about to go buy me a Louis bag. Like, no, you need to put that back into the business, Miss Mama. <laughs> You yeah. gotta put that back into the business, and then I mean, after you flip your money a couple times, then definitely go treat yourself. Go to the store, go buy yourself whatever you want, get your hair done, whatever. But I went a long time without getting my nails, my hair, uh, going on trips and stuff like that because I was focused on at the time getting me a car. Mm. So I'm like, no, I'm not doing nothing but fixing my credit so I can get me a car. That's it. That's it. And it was just you know me putting my money back into my business over and over. Mm-hmm. And and I I know I said we was going in in a minute, but I'm just keep having more questions. The one other question I do have though, what is um I'm gonna say to your team or what do you think to any person's team? What are the essential positions that a person needs? You think in in general? So I know no one on your, on your team is like replaceable, but what position would you not be able to do with that? Or what? you know, three positions or a few positions do you think that every business owner needs? Like, you know, an accountant. For me, I'm like an accountant, you know, somebody that can do the administrative work. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any essential positions that you think like any business, once they're once they're to that point that they can hire help that they should consider? Um, The most important person on my team is my manager and my assistant. So. Um, that's just for me personally, because I pack orders. So that's something I actually do like myself. I pack orders, um, outside of, um, I have help. Like even my, my sister, I had a crazy sale and we was literally at my old house sitting on the floor packing orders. Like, so I know I'm, that's why I said I'm so grateful and thankful for the, the help and support because it's not just like a situation where it's just that, but, um, I would say the most important for a uh, role that people play the business in the businesses is definitely my assistant because I literally can't live without him. <laughs> he just helps my my world just kind of go around, and then um, he handles everything. And my and he's my manager also, so that's really important. But I would say um, when your business starts to rise, the accountant is important. Um, but as long as you are level-headed and responsible and keeping track on your own and accounting is just an, you know, it's a plus. Right. But, yeah. But if you're just doing a lot of spending and you, you know, you don't have things on track, then definitely you're going to need an accountant. But like I, me and my accountant, it's like, they have access to my bank savings and stuff like that, but I don't use them for an everyday thing. I get like tax paperwork from them and income statements and things like that when it's time but you balance your own books yeah I, I like to have control of a lot of things because that's a whole nother story but <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of, a lot of trust <laughs> right right and so definitely you're in your company it is privileged company we are talking to Gigi uh, Marie who is the owner of privileged company she sells um, not only hair, you also sell waist trainers too, right? I was looking on your website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So waist trainers, is there anything else that you sell? 
Um, we just started to get back into the beauty industry and things like that. So we were selling lip glosses and stuff like that. So definitely, I always try to keep everything posted on my social media if we start to add things or, you know, remove them. But as of now, it's mainly just the hair extensions, the wigs, the bundles, closures, HD full lace wigs and everything here. <laughs> right. Yes. So we're going to end on that note. I cannot thank you enough for being here tonight and sharing. I know that you've helped somebody tonight. You've helped me in regards to being able to understand like, because I have a, I have a child, right? And she is definitely like, but me beginning to look at my business as my child, you know, mm -hmm. I, mean, I haven't, I've just looked at it as like a side hustle, really. Um, something that I'm very is near and dear to my heart, but not like a priority. And so, just recently, I have started to want to, you know, um, pay more attention to my brand, invest in my business more, and just create that legacy because I feel like. Um, I work one job now, and this is honestly the first time in many years that I've just, you know, ha been able to work one job. And so I think that for me, being able to have that sense of security um, is so important. And so I really appreciate all of the um, advice, gems you dropped on us tonight. Mm -hmm. um, would definitely um, love, I'm going to go and purchase some more. Um, here. I think I'm going to be able to wear this one for a while, though. This is like... <laughs> I really do like this though. Like I really do because just to be able to, you know, throw it on quick, don't have to worry. That's my favorite go-to wig. Yes, it is. And so do you have any last words for people? You want to let them know where they can, you know, follow you on social media or where they can purchase. I will put the, um, the website, your website link in the chat so people can have that. I already saw somebody say that they're going to purchase tomorrow. So um, that's amazing. But do you have any, you know, thing you want to leave with folks? Anything you would like to, for folks to know about you? Um, I would just like to say thank you for supporting me and tuning in. And um, we just should come together and support each other more and, you know, more often and, you know, myself personally, I'm not a weird person that you can't reach out to. I have so many different um, business uh, packages that I offer people and consultations and stuff like that for people who just want to talk and have a lot of questions about starting businesses or, you know, even if they're in the same field as me, I don't care. Like, I don't, I'm not that type of person. So like when you said you thought I might not reply to your message, I'm real in tune with my social media uh, inbox, DMs, emails. I reply to them all. So, you know, definitely if somebody have any questions or anything like that, I'm available. So that's super dope. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm going to end on that note. I hope that you have a good night. And then if you need anything at all, don't hesitate to reach out. Likewise, um, I would like to say that February 16th, um, we have a superintendent um, primary race. We have one African-American woman running in that race. Um, I'm just going to ask you to find out about each candidate and make the best best selection. But it is so very important that we show up on February 16th. And then again in April in Wisconsin, we have elections in February, in April, in August and November. And we need you to show up for each one of those elections. If you ever need uh, help finding out where your polling place is, you know, need help trying to sort out and figure who may be the best candidate for you, inbox me at my personal anytime right here on this, um, this Facebook Live, or you can go to Bianca Talks Policy, Politics, and Hip Hop. I will um, definitely, my, my inbox is not filled yet. So I'm, I'm definitely on top. Um, but even, even, even uh, I appreciate, because I, I would imagine that your inbox stays full. Um, but also you can check out my website and leave me a note there too. It's at www.biancatalks.com www.biancatalks.com And thank you all tonight and we will check y'all later. Have a good night. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Bianca Talks Policy, Politics, and Hip Hop. Meet me back here next week, same time, same place. Thank you. Bye.